Hello and welcome to the Unreported World podcast. I'm Krishnan Girumurthy. 30 years ago, Kabul in Afghanistan was full of record shops, cinemas and theatres until the Taliban declared that making and watching films perverted people's minds and banned them. Since the Taliban fell in 2001, a handful of brave film directors have started working again. In this episode of Unreported World, Jenny Kleeman travels to Afghanistan to find out what it takes to survive in the world's toughest movie industry. Kabul think it's only a matter of time before the Taliban return. Foreign troops will pull out in 2014, and the Taliban are negotiating with the US about their future slice of power. One woman is determined to defy the fundamentalists. I'm on my way to meet Saba Sahar. She's an actress, a screenwriter, and Afghanistan's first ever female film director. She'd managed to persuade the city's anti-terrorist squad to let her film at their base. In a country where few women work at all, Saba's directing her sixth production, a TV cop show called Commissioner Amanala. No, that's not the right shot. Sabah is not the typical Afghan woman, and not just because of how she acts, also because of how she dresses, but all of the makeup, the glitter, the high heels, even in all of this snow. This is Hollywood glamour, Kabul style. Mr. Commander, the troops are too far away from the camera. We can't see them. So you want me to move them closer? She got the real policemen to agree to be her extras. This is an incredibly rare thing to see in Afghanistan. Not just a strong woman out in public doing her job, but she's ordering a bunch of police officers about, and they seem happy to take it from her. Inside, they were shooting a scene about a subject that angers ordinary Afghans, corruption. As well as directing, Saba's playing the heroine, a female cop succeeding in a man's world. The villain, a powerful warlord, is claiming his son has been wrongly imprisoned for terrorism because police have taken bribes. You're supposed to serve people, but you're an enemy of the people. Saba's character stands for justice and integrity. You'll pay for this. That boy is the son of Hajgul Raj. Calm down, sir. Step into my office and let's discuss this. When the Taliban were in power, they banned the making and showing of films. They said cinema perverted people's minds. Saba is provoking some of the most dangerous people in the country. Each morning when I leave the house, I think I'll never see my family again. I might be killed. I've received many death threats over the phone. Who's sending you death threats? Well, 
the mafia, the drug lords and the Taliban. Afghanistan used to be a place where culture flourished. 30 years ago, Kabul was full of record shops, cinemas and theatres. Salim Shaheen grew up in that world. He's now Afghanistan's most prolific film director. Of course, the DVD covers. This is Salim's screening room. He's offered to show me some of his favorite clips. Salim's directed and starred in low-budget, high-octane movies for over 30 years. Wonderful film. He always plays the hero. Oh, my God. With a large fan base, Salim's an important part of Afghan popular culture with a huge influence on ordinary people. All my films are different and each has a different message. My stories are about violence against women, stopping drug use and putting an end to terrorism, not only in Afghanistan, but worldwide. He's made over a hundred movies in the local language with titles like Vortex, Destiny and Unbeatable. Young people and women love watching my films. First, we work hard on the script to make sure we have positive messages for our nation. The fight scenes make them interesting, popular with the audience. Salim feared the departure of foreign troops could mean the end of his career. I'm not a military man or a politician. I'm a filmmaker, but I believe there's going to be a civil war. If you come back here, you won't see a living soul. Afghanistan will be covered in dead bodies and blood. If the Taliban come back, films will be banned. I'll have to leave the country. Despite the uncertainty, Salim was determined to finish his latest release, a movie called Karaman, which means champion. He's never had a flop so far, and there was already a buzz in Kabul about his next release. He'd hired a basement gym to finish off a key fight scene. Oh. 
The film's about a Taekwondo champion. A warlord has offered him money to throw his fights. The champion refuses to take the bungs, and the warlord eventually kills him. Salim's going to play the police officer who finally brings justice. I like my actors to really hurt each other because it's more realistic. The atmosphere here is amazing. There is a genuine joy among everyone here to be making film, to be part of the process. And at the centre of it all is Salim. He has so much energy, so much drive. He's so passionate about what he's doing. Good, good, good! This is Afghanistan. We really know how to hurt each other here. Despite the laughter, Salim knows cinema is a deadly serious business. Like Sabah Sahar, his life had been threatened. The enemies of Afghanistan don't want the film industry to develop because they will be exposed. The armed groups are enemies of our culture, enemies of our way of life. We'll defend the independence of our culture until our final breath. Every second we are under threat, every minute our lives are in danger. Who is targeting you? Who is posing a danger to you? There are so many, I can't name them, because there are so many. The mullahs are against me. I know there are people that want to kill me, Salim Shaheen, but I believe God has given me this life and that he can take it back when the time is right. Large parts of Afghanistan are under Taliban control. It's not difficult for insurgents to travel into the capital. We made contact with the Taliban fighter. We were assured by trusted sources that he was a member. The Taliban believe cinema goes against their interpretation of Sharia, the moral code of Islam. <laughs> Any film which is against the law and against the principle of Sharia should be banned. The kind of movies that are for entertainment are against Sharia, and we are strongly against that. The Taliban think films corrupt the minds of Muslims who should be concentrating on the Quran, especially movies that feature women. He had a warning for Salim and Sabah. They should be told that what they are doing is wrong. If that doesn't stop them, then we will punish them according to Sharia law. What punishment does Sharia law suggest in, the, in these kinds of cases? Death. Like everyone else I spoke to in Kabul, Salim and Sabah were convinced the Taliban would soon be back in power and Afghanistan would return to fundamentalism.
for now, their films were more popular than ever. Salim's taking me to the bazaar where you can buy DVDs. He's going to show me where Afghan movies meet their audience. Not everyone can become a superstar. He's <laughs> quite an unlikely superstar, an unlikely sex symbol, but from what I've heard, that's exactly what he is. He's a big star. He's a kind of pin-up here. Aha, there you are. Why do you think people want Afghan films? They show our culture and things that really happen to Afghan people. And these guys are saying it's that of all of the Bollywood, all of the glitz and glamour that they've got here, it's the Afghan movies that are selling the best hits. People want movies in their own language, they want movies that are reflecting their own culture. And there's a real hunger for homegrown cinema here. Give it up for Afghan movies. I feel like I'm with the Pied Piper of Hamlin here. Salim has made a good living out of filmmaking, a rare thing in a country dependent on aid money. Aha, here you are. These are all yours. And out there as well, there's a huge poster up there. Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum. Zul Salim Shaheen. Salim Shaheen. Salim Shaheen. At just under a pound each, these DVDs cost more than a day's wages for most Afghans. How popular are these films? How many DVDs do you sell a day? When a new release comes out, we sell 1,300 to 1,400 per day. That is absolutely remarkable. Do you understand why some people in Afghanistan might, might disapprove of this kind of thing? People have different opinions. But if one person says bad things about Salim's films, 10 people will say good things. As this guy here says, you know, people have different opinions, different choices. The only problem is that here, some people are getting severely punished for making different choices to other people. Come on. Salim wants to introduce me to his leading lady, Pari Gulami. It wasn't safe for her to be there on set today, so he's invited me to come and see her at his studio. Under the Taliban, any woman deemed to be on public display would be flogged, imprisoned, or worse. <laughs> Ten years after the Taliban were driven from power, Pari is one of the few Afghan women prepared to appear on screen. She's been acting for eight years. At only 18, she's now a huge star. Mr. Shaheen discovered me. He said you can be an actress, you can be in films. Do you understand why some people in Afghanistan would find it really controversial to have a woman on screen without a headscarf or singing and dancing, or in fact, a woman on screen at all? There are some people who don't like it. There are people who threaten me, but I ignore them because I love cinema so much. 
پدر زنگ زده بودن نمیدونم کی بودن در تلفن زنگ زده بودن که شما چرا دخترتان They called my father and asked why he lets me be in films. They threatened our lives. Ever since she started acting, Paris's father has also been her bodyguard. I wondered if it was fair to have made Paris a child star. She wouldn't have understood the dangers that come with fame. کشورای بزرگی که نام داره که در افغانستان آمده که امنیت میره با امید ما در سینما آمدیم و خانمام با امید آمده که کشورهای اروپایی ازش دفاع میکنه اگر خدای ناکرده ما کدام هنرمند ما زایه شوه بدنامی با تمام جهان At the time I invited her to be an actress in my films the international community promised us security it is the international community's responsibility to look after the safety of people like Parry. If something happens to Parry, they will be ashamed. I've already been on screen. I can't hide myself. Like Parry, Sabah Sahar's card was marked a long time ago. Sabah's finally taking a well-earned day off from filming, and she said that we can spend it with her, but we can't go to her house. Her sister is married to a very religious man who greatly disapproves of what she does, and she thinks that our cameras will make it worse for her, so we're meeting her here at her studio. Most Afghans spend their free time with their families, so I was surprised to find Saba with her film crew. <laughs> Tell me, what personal sacrifices have you made to be a filmmaker? I've sacrificed many friendships. I have fewer visits from my family. My uncle now refuses to see me because he's against what I'm doing. So I've made lots of sacrifices. So it's really something that's, that's divided your family, that your immediate family support you, but your wider family, they disapprove. Yes, that's right. My mum, my sisters and my brothers support what I'm doing, but the rest of my family doesn't. Sabah recently became separated from her husband and four children. She's paid such a high personal cost for being a filmmaker. She's estranged from large parts of her wider family. But to me, it looks like she's found another family to replace the people who aren't with her anymore. And it's the family of people who make films with her, even on her day off. These are the people she wants to be around. And these are the people that give her the warmth and support that she needs. The next morning, I returned to Sabah's film set, the police compound. Her actors and crew were determined to enjoy their freedom while they could. They were devoted to Sabah. Even men aren't brave enough to do Sabah's job. It's 
It's so difficult and dangerous. We're really proud of her. All our work can make a difference to society. It matters. We love filmmaking even more than our families. Action! Sabah didn't like to dwell on the future. She knew that this family, too, looked set to be torn apart. If the Taliban come back in any form, women won't be free to make or act in films. If the Taliban come back, I will have to leave the country. Sabah and Salim are fighting for a more liberal and open Afghanistan. But they know that even if they survive the death threats, their industry might not exist in a few years' time. Salim has invited me into the living room of his studio. He says he's got something he wants to show me in here. It was footage from one of his film sets in the 90s. Oh my God! So cool! Oh my God! Oh my God! His set had been hit by a rocket attack. Salim didn't know for sure who was behind it. He lost eight of his friends that day. So these are people actually in your crew who've been killed. I have paid for the 107 films I have made with the blood and lives of my crew. You're bringing it all back to me. You're bringing tears to my eyes. But then why do you carry on making films? Why when you know that it's so dangerous? Why when you know how it feels to lose people because of the dangers? Why carry on, Salim? Those eight crew members were close friends of mine. They were killed making films. I will continue in their name. I'm prepared to sacrifice myself. I will never give up making films. Salim has more sacrifices ahead. Like so many others across Afghanistan, he and Sabah thought the freedoms promised by the West were here to stay. For that, the Taliban will make them pay a heavy price. Our thanks to Jenny Kleeman. On next week's Unreported World, Shay Rhodes investigates magic, gangs and wrestling in the Congo. Until then, you can find out more about the series and watch previous episodes at channel4.com slash unreportedworld. For now, from me, Krishnan Giri Murthy, goodbye. <laughs>